With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Instant Reaction HN Podcast. Iowa 23, Minnesota 19. That was a lot of fun. Number 20, Iowa knocking off number 7, Minnesota. And in their last six games in November, hosting a top seven rated team. I guess Minnesota was seventh in the uh, AP. Um, Their last six games hosting top seven rated teams, Iowa, in November. Iowa is five and one. November is brutal in Iowa City for highly ranked teams that come to visit Kinnick Stadium. And fittingly, today was a blackout day, a view for a funeral. 100 black coffins and all that jazz as the Gophers 9 and 0 season now has a 9 and 1 mark on it. That's a good football team. That is a fun football team to watch. And that is a program going nowhere anytime soon, meaning they're not going away rather. They are built I think for a good run these next few years. But it was not to be for them today, even though they outgained Iowa 431 to 290. They had 368 passing yards in this game, but only 63 rushing yards. They came into this game averaging a lot of rushing yards. How many rushing yards? 195 per game. That's how many rushing yards. Where does that rank nationally for them coming into this game? 38th. Pretty solid running football team. So the Iowa defense did a very solid job holding them to 63 yards on how many rushing attempts did they have for this game. They ran the ball 30 times for 63 yards. That's 2.1 yards per carry. Iowa with 117 yards on 3.8 yards per carry. Tyler Goodson leading the way 13 yards, 90, uh, 13 rushes for 94 yards. I think he had 75 yards on his first eight carries of this contest. Iowa had 220-some yards at halftime. Gosh, they gained, what, less than 70 in the second half and still hung on to win. Holy smokes. First downs for this game, Minnesota 23, Iowa 17, Iowa 5-11 on third, Minnesota 7-14. Iowa running just 54 plays in this game, and Minnesota had about a a four-and-a-half-minute time of possession advantage. No turnovers for Iowa, which was very, very key. Just one for Minnesota, the last play for them of the game, but Iowa with six sacks to two for Minnesota. Nate Stanley this game, 14 to 23, 173 yards, two touchdown passes as he inches closer and closer to Chuck Long's all-time Iowa record for touchdown passes in a season. Goodson, he left the game, uh, was it early in the fourth quarter maybe when he went out wide, got injured on a play? He came off under his own power. He didn't return. And my guess is that that was strictly a maturity decision because Makai Sargent got all of Iowa's carries from that point on. I think that it was just a, hey, you know, Sargent's been uh, in the Army for a couple of years. This is Tyler's first season, and we just trust 
Makai a little bit more with ball security. That's that's what I think that that was. But Iowa starting Tyler Goodson, and that paid big dividends as Iowa put their foot down on the gas in the first half, did not let up, uh, led to 20 first-half points, just three in the second half. But Iowa throwing the ball all over the place. Tyrone Tracy was heavily involved. A score right before half. Tracy touched the ball four or five consecutive plays. Back to Goodson again. That touchdown that he had in the first half, I think I can't remember how many yards out it was. It was like around 10, maybe 12 yards out. That he, he, he had to string that out wide because there were two Minnesota tacklers, one not far off the right tackle, then another one out in the flat. And he had to beat both of those guys to turn the corner to then get north-south. And when he did that, he still had 10 yards to go to get to the end zone. And then at the end, he put his head down and ran over two guys. There's not many Iowa running backs in the last 21, 22 years, last 30 years that could do that. A lot of people, I, I tweeted that out, and a lot of people said, well, Sean Green, no, no, no. Sean Green would not have gotten outside those first two initial tacklers on the run sideways. He would not have done that. He didn't have that type of speed to stretch plays out wide like that and still be able to turn a corner like that without somebody on him. He couldn't have done it. Akron Wadley could have done it. I think Fred Russell could have done it. I don't know many others that could have. I mean, this kid has special, special talent, and I'm glad that he started this game. I would expect him to start the rest of the way, as long as my hunch is correct that he's healthy, and they just kept him out for his experience relative to ball security. So Tracy, with 77 yards receiving, uh... Amir Smith-Marset, four catches for 43 yards. He just he made some maybe more workmanlike plays, but where he had to turn up and get the sticks, just you can see him maturing. Tracy, by the way, six catches, he had 10 targets. 18 targets combined between Tracy and Smith-Marset, and they go again for three, so that's over 20, again, for the Iowa wide receivers. You've got to continue to get Tyrone Tracy touches. Whenever Brandon Smith returns, Tracy needs to continue to get touches. He is just a difference maker. Also a difference maker. Let's go to the other side of the ball for Iowa. All season long, a number of Iowa fans have been irritated that A.J. Epinesa hasn't had those big monster statistics that he put up last year when all summer long Steve Dace and I basically said that he was going to really, really struggle to get to 10.5 sacks again this year, which is what he had last year. And we said that if he did, dude might be a top three pick in the NFL draft this next year. Well, the beast was unleashed on this day. He had two and a half sacks. He had at least one forced fumble. He had another quarterback hurry. He was incredibly disruptive. And on Iowa's last drive, they lined him up at... They lined him up inside over the offensive guard, which reminded me when Iowa did that with Matt Roth back in 2002 when Roth was younger than what A.J. is right now. But Iowa felt that Roth had a big-time advantage speed-wise over the guard that Michigan State had back in that game in 2002, and Roth ate him up. And A.J. just ate the first two plays of Minnesota's last drive. A.J. knifed in the first one. He caused Tanner Morgan, the quarterback for Minnesota, to scramble. And uh, Evans, uh, Joe Evans for Iowa, got a sack on that play. He Evans winds up with a sack and a half in this game. Brady Reef also had a half sack. Uh, Golson had a half sack. And then Christian Welsh had a sack. But A.J. just played a phenomenal 
first round NFL draft pick game. And, and if anybody out there before this game was questioning whether or not AJ would, st- would still be a first round draft pick in the 2020 NFL draft, you, I'm sorry, I mean, you were dead wrong. And after this game and the tape of this game and how often he was double teamed and chipped and harassed, but the technique that he showed in this game with his hand fighting, we all know that he's got a great bull rush, but he made some inside moves. He dips his shoulder so well, makes himself skinnier. This guy is a superstar. And you got three more games to watch him play. And that's all, folks. That'll be it. Because that guy is NFL. Unless, for some crazy reason, he decides to stay. I mean, it wouldn't be crazy if he decided to stay. It just meant, would mean he'd want to have four years in college at a university that he loves. A place that he loves. A place that he's been coming since he was a kid. But the, you know, guys like AJ, I mean, you see a season-ending injury today, as I record this, to Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa which could be a career-threatening injury based on everything I've read so far, which who knows if that's going to be accurate or not. When you've got top 10 draft pick millions sitting there for you, man, I'm sorry, but, you know, and, and I'm 48 now and college was forever ago for me and it actually seems like a dream I lived or dreamt or a movie that I watched that I actually starred in uh, I don't know what kind of movie it was um, a little better than train spotting um, but it wasn't a romantic comedy and not something I would have let my kids watch but anyway I, I digress greatly if I'm wagering now would I take 10 to 15 to 20 million dollars guaranteed at age 2021 20, or one more year of school or and and sports sorry sports and school I'm outie I'll come back for the home games in my 30s when I'm you know I've got multi-generational wealth accumulated so enjoy it that's what I'm trying to say Minnesota, what a fun team. What a fun team to watch. Tanner Morgan, they're great and accurate quarterback. 25 of 36, 368 yards. Got away with a couple balls that should have been intercepted. Corner for Iowa. Oh my gosh, it would never come any easier than that. He should have picked that off. Iowa could have gotten the fumble that AJ had um, strip sacked. And then on that possession, that's the possession that ended with fourth and four with the Minnesota receiver flat dropping what would have been a first down. Iowa got a penalty for a late hit, unsportsmanlike, after the play was dead, and then P.J. Fleck runs onto the field and also gets an unsportsmanlike. But Iowa was going to keep that ball regardless because it came after the play. It's just that they would have started much deeper in their own territory. How much fun was that? That was so much fun. Iowa, with that win, moves to 7-3 and three on the season. Their three losses coming to teams ranked in the top 15 of the college football playoff poll. They lost by a touchdown to Michigan. They lost by five points to Penn State. And they lost by two points to Wisconsin. And they just beat a top 10 ranked team. Saw a lot of gnashing of teeth. And granted, the offense in those three losses was putrid. Difficult to watch, by and large, for, well, at least through... Um, 11 of the 12 quarters, Iowa's fourth quarter effort against Wisconsin notwithstanding. So I get some frustration. 
but Iowa lost to three pretty good football teams, and they were right there in it. It's probably a pretty good, pretty good Iowa football team, whether or not some of you want to admit it or you just enjoy the self-immolation um, and self-loathing. But, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Next week, Iowa plays against Illinois. This game will also be in Iowa City. It starts at 11 o'clock. Illinois and Iowa actually tied in the Big Ten standings now at 4-3. and three. Before the season started, I thought that there would be a four-way tie for first place in the Big Ten West with Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota at 6-3. and three. Iowa wins its next two games. It gets to 6-3 and three in the Big Ten standings. Next week, Minnesota plays at Northwestern, a game that they should absolutely win. And then they host Wisconsin at the end of the year. And frankly, I think that Minnesota will win that game. Minnesota, if they win next week, goes into the Wisconsin game with a Rose Bowl bid, essentially, on the line. Not just a Rose Bowl bid, but a Rose Bowl bid and a trip to the Big Ten championship game on the line. I think they're going to win that game. Let's see who it is. Wisconsin. Wisconsin football schedule. Wisconsin plays next week against Purdue at home, a game that they will win. So it will be a battle for the Big Ten West crown the last weekend of the season in Minneapolis. And for Minnesota, not just a Big Ten West crown on the line and a trip to Indianapolis, but a Rose Bowl on the line. Because I think Ohio State will beat Penn State. Penn State will have at least two losses. Minnesota beat Penn State. If Minnesota beats Wisconsin, assuming they beat Northwestern, they will have just one loss, and they will likely lose to Ohio State in Indianapolis. And then they would be 11-2 and two on the season. They're going to the Rose Bowl, in my opinion. So I think Minnesota will still win. But you know what? This day about Iowa... Floyd stays in Iowa's possession. Minnesota has not won in Kinnick Stadium since 1999. And I'm sure that this will only add to why Minnesota actually hates Iowa. And for a number of Minnesota fans, this will actually give them a real and legitimate reason to hate Iowa. Reinforce it for others. For Iowa, Iowa fans are just used to beating Minnesota. So, at any rate, Minnesota's Rose Bowl dreams put on hold for a few more weeks. Iowa at 7-3, and three, if they win these next two games, would finish the year 9-3, and three, would be no worse than a trip to the Holiday Bowl, the last year that the Big Ten has a contract with the Holiday Bowl. And, um, you know, maybe the Cap 1 Bowl possibility, but there are worse fates than San Diego. I think a lot of Iowa fans would go to that game. At any rate, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.